desire. You're going to pass this, Zach. Okay. Um, our we need to come up. Up here. Okay. So our desire is that um, we would just be able to share some here. You know, again, the Holy Spirit's our counselor. So uh, honestly, you, you, you minister to us and we minister to you. You know what I mean? We, we, we can have a time to minister to one another here. So, um, but the, the, the issue is we're all wrestling through things we've heard. And maybe there's more specific things that we've heard that we may want greater clarity on. And so uh, various ones can be, you know, sharing in regards to those things here. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hans and I are here specifically to help facilitate, but we just trust that the Lord will have his way here to minister to us. So, it, it, but particular, the question to today is, are there uh, some specific things that uh, we're, we're working through, wrestling through, uh, in terms of specifically where we heard either last night or today that we want greater insight, maybe greater clarity on. And um, I got my own questions. <laughs> so anyway, if anybody want to kick us off with uh, something something specific, I'll just I'll pass the mic to you. So. like one thing that Tim shared last night when he was like showing how Jesus walked and how he trusted the father um, and he was like I'm going to keep going because my father my father he's going to you know fight for me he's going to um, basically he's going to protect me he's not in circumstance but ultimately and and I felt like the Lord showed me that I really don't trust the Father that way, and it shows in, like, how I relate to authority. <laughs> and, um, I just, I really want it to, like show through in my life in real ways um I don't really know how I'm gonna get to that place in my heart of really I don't know trusting him like with all my heart um so I just but I knew like I felt the conviction when when Tim shared that last night, and I'm still feeling it today in other ways, and um, just how it definitely affects my my love um, for for people over me, and for how I walk out towards um, the church. Like when Matt was sharing this afternoon, I was just like, 
love your enemies like I'm struggling to love other believers still and and so I don't know I was like <laughs> sometimes I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna make it you know I'm so weak in love and um so yeah I guess like when Matt said like the Lord's been sort of recently showing me I've been I've shared with Maria before that I really struggled to find my place here at this particular house of prayer and um I feel like the Lord is starting to show me, um, like, what he wants of me, but, um, I just still need more clarity on how to walk it out, but just in prayer, like, I, um, I'm also weak in prayer, so anyway, I don't know what, how much more to share, but just that I need to access like the Lord's grace through prayer yeah thanks for opening up what many people watching and in the room probably feeling just general I'm struggling just to wake up put my shoes on and go to work and not curse people out on my, my commute and you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about some issues of, of that, such ultimate consequence. And and so before we pass the mic, maybe just pray. I'll just give a little prayer for people like us. Uh, Lord, we're, we thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit, that you bear with us in our weakness. You understand. You sympathize. God, you suffer with us. And you suffer along with uh, with us, Father. We thank you that we're not at the finish line yet. We're not a finished product. There's still, the Holy Spirit, you're still doing things in us. You're still moving. And uh, we have to trust that you know what you're doing. God, you're a far better leader. And we are followers, God. And I pray, God, that as, as conferences like the, uh, these and uh, conversations like these, Bible studies around these kinds of topics as they, as they kind of just highlight what the call of God is, and we would come to a greater reality of the gospel, that it is certainly by no strength of our own that we can make it and endure and persevere, but it really has to be by the power of your Holy Spirit, and leaning upon you in every, in every way, God, putting no confidence in our flesh. And let prayer even be uh, a representation of that, a surrender, a white fl uh, a flag saying, Lord, we can't do it on our own. We have no confidence. We've run out of our plans. We have no plan B. Our only, the only thing we can do is hope in you and trust in you. And we pray you would shepherd a flock, bring us along the way uh, on this narrow path that is hard. And you have such, I see you with such sympathy, God, that you would sit on the throne in heaven, but Lord, not at rest, but praying, not just for your enemies, but Lord, for believers, praying for us that our faith would not fail. 
that we would have what it takes, Lord. We remember even you and in, in, in your account of, of your sufferings and trials as you look forward uh, to the cross and the, the agonizing pain you endured, God. And we ask you for a fellowship in that suffering, a true fellowship, God, being united with you in your death and resurrection. So strengthen our hearts, Father, to even bear and endure the message and to process through it and to not uh, not write it off, God, because it's too hard, but to really wrestle with that message and to apply, apply it in a way of putting hope in you and trust in you and confidence in you and believing, Lord, believing that you will bring us through to the end. So thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. If anyone wants to speak, kind of speak into that or raise up a new topic or anything from today, mic is open. Um, we all have our struggles. At my age, I could probably write a book. But, um, and, you know, I'm not even going to tell you how old I am. <laughs> but it was just a few months ago when I said something to my husband and the Holy Spirit said to me, there's a different way of saying that. And I said, oh, because I've been saying it that way all my life, you know. So we're always learning. I just want to tell you. And, you know, the trust thing with God, <laughs> I find that that comes. Don't beat yourself up. It's yes, God wants us to trust him. But I assure you that comes with years of experience. You know, um, my husband, um, he had this emergency situation where he had to have surgery. We had no health insurance, and um, it was going to cost a hundred and it was turned out to be hundred fifty thousand dollars for the first uh, visit in the hospital. Then he had to go back in for surgery, you know, again, and that was going to be well more. So I, you know, I when when it happened, I just remember sitting there saying, "Oh, I know that scripture, Matthew five. He takes care of the birds, the field, and the." It was just a thought process. Flowers are the, you know. I wonder if that, if he means that for me. I wonder. That was just like an honest, and I didn't have any time after that to think that through. So I just, so we went through the whole thing, you know, and um, and God took care of it all. And then when we had to go back, God took care of that. And the doctor reduced his bills, and the doctor told him what to do. And I said, how is it we come out of this ahead? But I say that to say that life is full of experiences that we go, oh, wow, I wonder how we're going to get through this. And and God brings you through unbelievable things. So, and so he was saying, yeah, that scripture was for you too. But did I feel full of faith? I was like, I don't have time to think about it. I just said, I wonder if, that, I wonder if he means that scripture for me in this situation. And he, boy, I can't tell you how. I won't even get into it. $150,000 first visit, then another visit, lots more. No insurance. Took care of it all. But, I mean, that was 10 years ago. I mean, look at how old I <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm still, we're all still learning. And it comes, I promise you, it comes from uh, experiences that you go through in life. And you see God bring you through this. Then you go through another experience and you see God 
uh, go take you through that so you can look back and you have a history and you go, you know, he brought me through that and I, he brought me through that. He's going to bring me through this. So it's not like we wake up one day and we have, whoa, I can trust God. I'm really doing good. I mean, truthfully, it just doesn't work that way. It just is a process that we go through. You know what I mean? And loving. Ugh. I go, you know, like, uh, I've been a Christian, like, for years. And I go, oh, God, really? See, I mean, a sister in Christ, a good sister. Really, God, you know, I really hate when she does that. And the, and the Holy Spirit says to me, just love. And when he said, just love, I could feel him soften my heart because it had to be softened. But he had to say, just love, you know, because we always have the flesh. We always have the self. But the other thing I found, and I'm, I have by no means and have it together, believe me, none at all. But the more time I spend in the presence of Jesus, the more he reveals his heart to me, the more um, I could... I see what he's like, you know, and then when I see what he's like, like I feel his love. Like one time you had me on the floor and he, and he goes, you know, there's nothing you can ever do that'll make me ever stop loving you. Totally wrecked. Totally wrecked. But that love that he has for you, when you start to experience that love that he has for you, you start to like, like, I don't know, like that love starts to love other people because you go, wow, that's, because you like, you didn't learn about it, you you experienced it with an encounter in, with him, you know? And then, like, you go, oh, Jesus. And then you, you love him so much, so it so helps you to want to love others for his sake, you know what I mean? But, boy, do I have it together. No, I mean, oh, sister, sisters in the Lord, you know, they're wonderful, and I love them. But, like, sometimes, you, you know, the habits, you go, oh, God. And then he goes, just love. And I'm like, okay. So it's it's like a process. I, I Nothing happens overnight, not in my world anyway. You know, that's what I found, if, if that helps you, you know. There's hope for all of us. Should we just go around the circle, maybe? Say names real quick? Just because we haven't done that. So, Guahang, Susan, Maria, David, Philip, David, Spencer, Kathy, I'm Hans, Emily. All right. So, like I was saying, any other kind of topics we want to, like the whole point of this is just to process and and had group discussion about anything that was, you know, provoking or challenging or just, you know, brought to attention in the last couple hours. Yeah, Kathy. Um, I struggle with, uh, you know, I'm having to suffer when you're doing right. You know what I mean? When you're doing right and you're getting flack for doing right. You know what I mean? You're getting beat up for get, for doing right. I mean, and I can't tell you how many times the scripture, the Lord brought that scripture to me, and every time he brings it to me, I feel like such a failure in that area, you know, plus others. But, you know, what, you know, like, uh, you know, that scripture they mentioned it about, um, it's, it's, you know, it's one thing to 
to suffer for doing wrong, but when you do right and you suffer for it, you know, and, and that can happen like in the Christian community where you're doing right and you're getting, and you're suffering for doing right in the Christian community that I find really challenging. And then God gives me that scripture and I'm like, okay, and, but you know, you want to feel the love in your heart at that point And you're like, I, I don't feel this God. I don't feel the love for this situation the situation for these people that I struggle with that. So if, help, you know, if anybody's got words of wisdom for me. So, so topic is suffering, uh, Dave, are you, and you're probably bringing up that verse, right? But suffering for doing right. Does anyone want to speak into this? Dave, maybe I'll pass it back to you. And I don't have a ton. I, I was just <clears throat> looking at a few passages. Obviously, First Peter uh, two. We've heard several times this week, you know. So, you know, the wrestle with Emily, with Philip, you know, that something in Emily provoked something in Philip. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, we're being provoked by one another's heart and battles, you know. And so, um, <laughs> Lord, um, I was thinking of First Peter three. I just I just want to read the scriptures in regards to Kathy's comment. It's better if you if if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Christ also died for sins once for all, just for the unjust, in order that He might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, made alive in the Spirit. I think that's close. If that's there's another one I was looking for. It's in the same vein, but that's the idea. Um, I want to go on over just for a moment to First Peter four twelve. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. Obviously, those in persecution and Peter's speaking to in the context throughout the book. Do not be surprised about the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing. Though some strange thing happening to you, but to the degree you share the sufferings of Christ, keep rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. So, you know, there's the constant setting of our heart to the day of the Lord. Wrong is made right. And... You know, the, the need to understand the sufferings of this age and the glories in the age to come doesn't make it easy. Verse 14, if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and God of God rest upon you. By no means let anyone suffer as a murderer, the thief, evildoer, trouble meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed. But in that, let him glorify God judgment it's time for judgment to begin at the household of god so so even what's happening here you know the the lord's coming to us as the body and he is uh helping us to walk the way of the cross so that we can be that witness that of what we're hearing um this weekend and uh so let it begin among us lord um if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? 
if it is um, if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man, the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. And obviously, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Romans twelve in those passages. I find it interesting that um, he the the shift that comes in chapter five. This is just something that I wanted to speak to it in in in, a, in response to what you're asking, which is you know obviously our our wrestle and our struggle. He begins to talk about the chief shepherd appearing when he comes, an unfading crown of glory, um, and then there's this. He begins to speak of humility and um, actually the distinction with pride and humility. Uh, clothe yourselves with humility. God is opposed to the proud gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And and what I found, um, just speaking into this a little bit, um, when we face pain uh, in the context of persecution, we're facing uh, resistance, I think, in some sense. You're doing what is right, and it's being... Um, you know, it's being resisted or it's being coming against. It, it obviously is an open form of, of, uh, of persecution. Um, when you turn the when you turn the corner into chapter five, he begins to talk about pride and humility. And what I found is that when when persecution and pain come our way, um, if we don't entrust ourselves to the Lord it's going to become in humility become easy for pride to begin to rise in our heart and what happens is we begin to look at ourselves rather than looking at God and we begin to walk in a place of pride in that place because now I'm saying God help me Uh, I'm saying God instead of humility saying God help me I am you know uh, pride is beginning to come um, and God, obviously, as we know, God opposes the proud. And it's just interesting that pain and suffering um, can actually be the context for pride in the heart. It's amazing to me, but I see it. But then he says, humble yourselves in the mighty hand of God. And right after this is that casting all your anxiety upon him. So where there's pride, you know, suffering leads to pride, pride, potentially pride opens the door for anxiety, for worry, you know, because I'm trusting in myself and rather than carry that, that place of suffering before the Lord in a place of humility, da-da-da. But, yeah, again, you do what's right and you get jammed for it. You know, my, my mother, 45, 50 years walking with my daddy and as a, as a strong, strong Christian, and my daddy, a strong, strong unbeliever, like oil and uh, oil and water and dark and light in the same home for 50 years, and um, watching my mother bear the weight of this thing over and over and over. But after 30 years of intercession in, for for me and for my mom, 50 years of intercession, the last year of his life, he came to the Lord, and my father died in February. But he came to the Lord in the last year of his life. And God, I believe God took all of that, you know, whatever he, that, that jab and that, you know, that came against my mother from so many years. Um, I think he took that 
and turned my daddy's heart. I think he used the way that she loved him well. And so for me, you know, with father wound, I come out of that whole thing too. You know, I come out with this massive father wound as a, as a, as a young boy and realize it at age 26. And uh, this is what I'm thinking here, you know, if there's some, uh, and I'm going to actually speak a little bit to, to this tomorrow about the father wound. But anyway, the, the wounds that come to us that are, that we've not welcomed, you know, they're, they're involuntary. Those are the places that hurt the most, you know. And, um, but I, I just tried to love and serve my daddy well and give to him and do things for him without him trying to pay me. <laughs> and I think God won his heart. And he turned to me and said, son, I need you to take care of my estate the last year of his life in tears. I love you, son. And I need you to take care of my stuff. And, and he entered into a dementia the last year of his life. Um, but before that, God God humbled him. I mean, humbled him in a major way. And so anyway, I, you know, that thing may take 30, 40 years for those who are resisting us. And yet God can allow our witness and our testimony to win their heart to him. But, you know, it may be the year. So I, I, anyway, I hope that's a little bit of an encouragement. But, you know, where there's pride, there's going to be anxiety when we don't take the suffering to the Lord. And uh, then anxiety in the context becomes an open door for that, you know, uh, be, be on alert, be of sober spirit. The devil is looking, you know, he's prowling around like that roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You carry this back to the context in Ezekiel 22. I'd never seen that before, Hans. It was like, wow, man. But, you know, so the, the pride, anxiety is a doorway for the enemy when we don't rightly deal with the suffering. And the suffering in the context is suffering for doing what's right. So anyway, I, I just wanted to just share a little bit of the context of that passage. Anybody else have anything on that or follow up maybe? Um, so that's really hot. Um, it's, it's interesting cause I've been thinking when you started speaking, Emily, um, I was just trying to process through cause like all of the obstacles, um, the titles of each of the sessions that we've had thus far and I'm sure to come, um, they kind of all like revealed an idea of like pride in my heart or just the idea of pride being an obstacle, like, um, you know, just in a, in a vague sense, but also in a very specific sense. And I think one thing that I'm kind of wrestling through or kind of processing with, and uh, bear with me as I am an external processor, is like this idea of like, like a lot of my pride, sure, is like inherently easy to see how bad it can be. You know what I mean? Like, oh, why don't I get that? Or I should deserve that? Or da da da. But then some of it is like harder to see that like behind the veil. It's like, the uh, need, like, of trying to, like, prove, like, I guess the worth of, like, that I am to the Lord. Like, like what you were talking about specifically made me think of, like, I don't trust the Lord enough. And so, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, just give me, like, another week or, like, another year, and I'll get it, and, like, I'll show you that I was worth it. And, like, it's kind of like this very, this hidden pride, and I didn't connect the dots until now. It's like this pride of, like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just very teeter-tottery in my mind of, like, I want to show him that I'm something to be desired, but I also want to trust in him that he's going to work it in me. And it's this really awkward, like, tension in my heart right now. And I think, like, that happens in multiple areas of my walk with the Lord of, like, no, like, let me do it. And, like, seeing how Jesus didn't use 
use that. It's like technically we all have the ability had to, you know, live a sinless life, but like just because we were such born into sin and like it's so used to us and so it's like like not wanting to feel pitied upon by the Lord in like a in a negative sense. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of this really awkward concept that I'm forming right now, I guess, even as I speak, but, like, that pride is so easily written off as, like, trying to prove something to the Lord or prove something to others, and, you know, even as you were speaking about that of, like, like, I'm doing something good, like, why are you attacking me for this? Like, you should be excited and happy that I'm even willing to do the trash or to do the small things that are worth it, and so I don't know, I mean, there's no, like, real emphasis or, like, punctuation or question more so just kind of uh, a continuation of the discussion of like how I find pride to be so difficult to let go of in a sense um, of not having it be like from a place of like proudfully opposing the Lord but like proudfully trying to like promote the Lord and it doesn't work because it's in my own strength still but like I don't know how to not do it in my own strength because, like, it's like, cool, Where where is your strength coming? And it's like, it's not like I'm trying to resist his help through the Holy Spirit and through the time and through the ages that it can take sometimes, as you very succinctly pointed out. Um, but, like, at the same time, it's like, I want to I wanna be that, that sacrifice that he loves. Like, I want to have that Mary of Bethany experience where, like, I pour it out on you and, like, I'm proud of what I'm able to give him back for what he's given to me, you know? And, and then I even think now, like, there's no way for me to ever repay, like, like the gift that he's given. And so, like, it's just this very awkward tension of, like, rhetoric mixed with pride, mixed with, like, the Bible of just, like, trying to put us in our place in a, in a positive way. But, um, again, there's no real sense that finishes this. But just trying to deal with that pride thing, and then whatever you read had something to do with it at some point. So that's all. The, the issue of constantly we're all <laughs> dealing with uh, pride, arrogance, um, trusting, you know, in ourselves. This is ongoing, probably the battle of the age. I think Billy Graham wrote a book on angels one time. He says, what was really the fall of Satan? And he, he labeled it either covetousness or pride. I don't know, you know, if it's even one of those two, but was it covetousness, you know, or was was it pride? Did, did covetousness lead to pride? I, I don't know, but... Um, C.J. Mahaney in a book called Humility, oh no, it's, uh, was it Jonathan Edwards who said that pride's the most insidious poison, you know, it's that we're going to deal with. I, I just, this flashed in my mind, just two things, and um not trying to be the preacher here, just sharing a little bit of life, but simply to say, um, you know, these are maybe just maybe two tools real quick. One is I would encourage, um, like, when I find my heart graduating, <laughs> You know what I mean? Graduating. I'm the man. You know, we got this thing going on. Uh, I find, it, you know, those are the times I need to fast. <laughs> you know, uh, because David said with Psalm 35, 13, I, I, I humbled my soul with fasting. You know the deal. Fasting really is more about weakness than it is hunger. And uh, so the, the second thing is um, get, a, get a couple of books that you can go back to and read like dozens of times on humility you know instead of focusing on pride we focus on the lord and humility is the way 
Uh, and there's much, you know, I, God gives grace to the humble. So it's like, I need a lot of grace. Well, God let me. So C.J. Mahaney has a book on humility. Uh, Andrew Murray, a book on humility. One of the best uh, I, I want to just throw out is a, a book, um, Nancy Lee DeMoss. Uh, the book is called Brokenness, The Heart That God Revives. And God, 2005, God really broke me <laughs> with that book. I mean, major and uh, brokenness is, you know, and Emily, this is why it's so profound and, and Philip, but, you know, like, I'm so, my heart's just moved to, you know, hear your heart and, you know, see and feel your tears because the vulnerable place, you know, is that place of brokenness. And uh, although, you know, uh, we, 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 uh, God, God heal me, God fix me, God, but it's like, no, no, really, that's the place. <laughs> You know what I mean? That, that this is the place because God is near to the brokenhearted, and uh, that you're vulnerable enough to even to break forth your heart uh, in a group. Uh, you know, a company of people like this is really precious to us. So, Amen. God, 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 put our mess in the street. Now, anyway, but anyway, so uh, I just encourage. But that word, uh, brokenness, by Nancy Lee DeMoss, is just really really profound yeah what you just said was really cool because that was kind of like where the lord's been putting me all day um since han spoke and uh, uh his his message really uh really convicted me i mean the lord used him and to uh, convict me and all the all the things like what i'm not willing to give up you know <laughs> like and all the all the stuff i it, it's like i never deny myself you know because and in, and in my it's and, and somehow like the ideas come in like, well, you, you can't really fast because every day you have to use your brain, you know. And you, when you fast, your brain doesn't work, <laughs> you know. So, um, and it's just all those things. So it's like, uh, anyway, that that's not the point. Um, but the point was, I was like, I was being convicted, and it was like all these things, you know. I was like, I wanna, I wanna deny myself and take up the cross and and um, and be. Uh, available before the Lord um, instead of always, you know, always satisfying myself and comforting myself, um, but really be open to him. And so my mind immediately went to, like, yeah, like when I get home, I'm going to do all these things and, you know, uh, be hardcore and whatever. And, you know, because it's like the same thing over and over um, throughout my life. It's like you, you just turn back to the, the things that you can do and and the Lord was like, just stop and just maintain this right here that you, like, are broken and you can't do it, you know. Just stay there and, uh, and, and come to me in that place instead of trying to do all the things to, to make it better and make yourself awesome. That's... Thank you again for your vulnerability, man. Uh, I don't know if this is what you meant when you said it, but like you said, um, crap, forgot the word. Something like radical, but like, I'm going to do it. What would, hardcore. I don't know if you meant it this way or not, but like, I think especially, um, being younger, um, like, and just seeing the climate, um, I'm originally from, I have Kansas City. I'm doing their school right now. And so I see like every year, I'm in my last year right now. So seeing every year behind me, like, you just see, like, the bright eye, like, oh, my gosh, like, 
so much is going to happen. Like, I could be the next Missy Edwards. I could be the next Billy Graham. I could be the next Mike Bickle. And then you realize, I'm just going to be the next prayer. Like, that's really all it comes down to. And you're like, literally, like, after four years, you're like, oh, wait, wait, a, wait a month or two, and then you'll see how it feels being here. Um, which which I'll, I'll admit it's sensitive in my heart. But we still have those moments, even, like, now, I think of, like, you know, there there is a time of hardcoreness and whatnot. And, like, in the back of my head, I really had to keep this. And so the whole point of me bringing that up was just to encourage you with something that Mike said countless times. Um, he's like, students and just people come to this community looking to, you know, just break through, be, you know, be crazy, be, be radical is the word he uses. But I feel like it's applicable for hardcore as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he goes, you know, radical isn't, isn't like, you know, having a crazy ministry of 10,000 or, you know, being able to cast out demons at will, like all that kind of stuff, which is awesome and amazing. But it's like radical is staying faithful for 10, 15, 30, 60, you know, 70 years until you're old and gray. And you can say you've walked with the Lord for those 40, 50, 60 years, you know, like that is radical in this society. Like that is something that we is unheard of. And like through that process, like a lot of times the other things will be followed. It's like the uh, Matthew six, like you were talking about, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added. And so like that kind of radicalness is so unheard of. He's like, if I can get a group of generation or a, a group of young kids from their 20s until their 70s to follow the Lord faithfully in everything they say and do, like, they're going to change the people that are around. And so just to encourage you, like, like definitely don't shy away from those moments when you want to break your um, video games or you want to burn your heathenistic books like I've done before, um, which I'm not too proud of. But it, it's good. It's our story. And I think it's it's a great place. And, like, the Lord, like, showing you that position of, like, staying, like, in that place of brokenness, like, sounds unexciting saying it this way now but stay in that place of brokenness for the next 40 50 years you know and then that's like where where that that hardcoreness and like that radicalness and just that tenacity of faith you know like is manifest and so i just have to hold on to that as an encouragement i just want to be clear for every video game i've broken it's been countless things that that have uh have my number you know, so my record's not, I, I just didn't want to present a picture that I was like, yeah, break, you know, it, it doesn't work. I mean, that was profoundly the grace of God in that moment. But yeah, there's other things that I'm still, yeah. And I always, I always tell this to Emily too, like I'm, she comes to me in her brokenness and, and I, and you know, and she's like, and I look at her and I, I, I'm like jealous because I'm like, why am I not being you know, like, am I in a delusion? Like, why am I not being so broken about my state? And, you know, like, she's crying about feeling far from God. And I'm going, I'm at a good place. You know? I, I, and so I just think it's just really good advice that, you know, the God is near to the broken. Um, and when we're, when we, and that's what prayer really is. You know, prayer is not, you don't do it because you're awesome. You keep a great prayer life because you're, you're so spiritual now. It's a real just honesty with yourself and who you are and who God is. You know, it's just like salvation, you know, starts with the prayer because I think, you know, two are kind of synonymous. You know, we pray because we have no confidence in our own. All we can do is call upon God, ask for him to come and release his power, release his strength or whatnot. So, yeah. I love, I, I, I'm loving Loving the pastoral heart that you carry. I'm getting more and more excited to hear you speak tomorrow.
And uh, yeah, and the, and the whole day for me too. I don't know if it's just because I'm part of the the DTN crew and I know these guys, but the whole day, I mean, that's been being pounded. It just sort of feels like just getting pounded by a you know simple message. Um, but I'm just I'm just stirred to and reminding myself how important uh, it is when we when we do encourage each other with the gospel, simple as it is, you know, when we do speak it. Uh, to one another, there's something really that does happen in, in the heart, you know, and I'm reminded of this almost every year at the DTN conference, you know what I mean, like every year I come back from the DTN conference, it's two days straight, the same message, and just different, you know, it's kind of highlighting different aspects of it, but mainly it's the same message, I remember coming home a couple years ago from Minnesota, and I was just telling my friend, I was like, oh, how's the DTN conference? And I, I just like sat him down for like 45 minutes. I like, looked him straight in the eyes, like, just nothing as precious as the gospel. And just, and the guy's just, you know, 45 minutes, and he's like getting it. And it was just like, it was so tender, you know? And then you kind of just slip out of it. And then we had the San Francisco conference come back, you know, it's the same thing. And St. Louis, it's been the same thing. And I'm just reminded how important it is to gather and fellowship around the gospel and remind each other. The simple truths that we all know, but to, but to speak light, speak it with life and conviction. So that's not it. I'm not introducing the topic. I'm trying to make a point that we got to do this more often, <laughs> not just wait once a year, but you know, weekly we should be gathering, exhorting each other in the simple gospel. Uh, I just wanted to share something from Caleb's message about when he said. Um, I don't know, there was a point at which he was talking about Israel and how they profaned his name amongst the nations, and then he started to reflect on how the church has done. <laughs> and I just started to feel the conviction when he, when he started talking about that, um, just about, he said, not embracing the cross profanes his name, and don't take his name in vain, embrace the cross. And um, that... Yeah, just the simplicity of that was like, I have profaned his name. I haven't embraced the cross on several occasions, you know, and um, as a lifestyle, just trying sort of to understand, I feel like I don't know what, um, how the Lord exactly wants me to do that. Um, so I'm just going to ask him to like lead me back the way, the path um, of life, because I feel like I've wandered from it, so I was just like, yeah, I was really struck by that, so. I thought that part was really interesting as well, especially when he talks about where, I believe Jesus says to the effect of, like, no student supersedes their ma or their teacher, or, like, no, basically that. I don't know what it is verbatim, sorry. Um, and I think, as I was thinking, like, um, it's, it's interesting because I feel like in our Western, like, teaching institutes, like, the idea is the opposite of that. Like, the hope is that the student supersedes their teacher someday, you know, and it's like this idea of, like, oh, I know a better way. I know a faster way. I know, I know a way to make more money or I know a way to make it, you know, whatever. Like, I have to come up with a new breakthrough, you know, as a student, whether that's math, science, culinary arts, music, English, like any anything I feel, at least from my education system until IHOP, and even a little bit in IHOP, um, 
has been like, how can I do better than those who are teaching me? Um, and I feel like in my heart, it's that same call of how can I avoid death and do better than Christ? You know, like, I mean, it's never that plain. Like in my mind, I'm not like, hmm, right? Exactly. Like, and it, it's, it's never that plain and simple, but I think it goes back to what you are just talking about a moment ago with the whole pride thing. But like on, on this subject, I feel like that's, that's where it is. That's where that idea of like when we profane the name of the Lord um, in the way of like not following suit um, to what he's, what he's doing is because it's like, well, surely there's an easier way or surely there's a better way. Like, you know, I don't have to die. Wait, oh, shush. Yes, I know. That's what I said. Um, and I don't know. It was just interesting, though. But that was definitely something that I really appreciated Caleb saying as well. So I just wanted to echo your sentiment. That wasn't on purpose. Tim asked us to close up at five, so. Uh, if, if any, if, if everybody can, I, I'd just like us to take a moment, maybe just hit our knees and um, just bring a heart for the Lord in a closing prayer. And uh, Emily, will you pray for us? Amen. I want to remind you, um, as as Emily prays, this this verse came to my heart, and uh, Isaiah fifty seven fifteen. I know you guys know the verse. Um, let me just read this and then you can pray Emily so did y'all know God has two addresses huh <laughs> heaven is my throne the earth is my footstool no that's that is one but here's the two addresses okay Isaiah 57 15 for thus is the high and exalted one who lives forever whose name is holy I dwell on a high and holy place and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So he lives on high and he lives on low. Let us be low, God. <laughs>